millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Actual Craigslist horror story. I was 19 years old at the time, needing a roommate as my ex had just moved out. I posted an ad on Craigslist and received a reply within a day. Desperate to make rent, I invited the guy over to check out the house. The next day, he showed up with his dad, and everything seemed fine. He liked my Star Wars action figure collection, and his dad mentioned he would be paying rent because Rick, 25 years old, was going to be in college. I thought, great, I don't have to worry about this college kid missing rent. So I drew up a sublet contract and emailed it to them. 
About a week later, he moved his bed and dresser in, and his dad made the first rent payment on time. Everything seemed well initially. However, over the course of a few months, things started to take a bizarre turn. In the second month, rent came due, and the dad was late, claiming I didn't inform him it was needed by the second, even though it was in the contract. I ended up paying out of my pocket. Meanwhile, Rick began complimenting me on my appearance daily, only to follow it up with, I'm not gay though. He had a girlfriend who lived on the other side of the country. One day, after I took a shower, I found evidence of his activities in the form of cum on the shower floor. When I confronted him, he claimed, I don't masturbate, I have a girlfriend. It was bewildering. In the third month, rent was late again, with the same excuse from the dad. I showed him last month's texts, but he got indignant and didn't reply. Once again, I paid out of my pocket, and he paid on the sixth. I warned him that if it happened again, we'd have to discuss Rick moving out. Rick got a job at a pizza place down the street, seemingly avoiding attending any classes. His truck was constantly filled with old coffee makers, and he inexplicably practiced Parker, leaving shoe marks on the walls. Arguments erupted about small matters, such as him neglecting chores. I discovered he had been playing with my Star Wars collectibles in his room. His girlfriend visited, leaving her dog behind. The bathroom and my clippers were adorned with his pubic hair, creating an unpleasant situation. In the fourth month, predictably, the dad was late with rent again. I insisted that Rick move out, but the dad claimed I would have to take him to court first. Rick increasingly used my PlayStation and TV, leading to me placing a child lock on it. When he discovered this, he wanted to physically fight me over it, but I refrained. A few days later, I found a letter from his probation officer on the coffee table. I paid for a background check and learned he had prior convictions for aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. I called his dad, insisting he leave the next day. The dad laughed it off, so I mentioned having Rick's probation officer's number and the recent threat of physical violence. When I returned home from work that day, Rick and his belongings were gone, leaving what he owed for rent that month. Despite the tumult, the dog he left behind turned out to be a sweetheart. Nevertheless, the experience taught me a valuable lesson. Never get a roommate on Craigslist. Our house was for sale and suddenly appeared on Craigslist for rent by an unknown person. We had people showing up at random hours, asking to see the house and driving by. They would then call our realtor, wanting to know rental information. It turns out it was a ring of people who would pretend to rent property and take their money. When people showed up to move in, they discovered that what they thought was their new home was already lived in. We had to file a police report and post signs on our doors, notifying people that our home was for sale and the rental listing was a scam. Hi everyone. I have been reading this thread for a while and finally decided to post. This occurred in September of 27 when I was a sophomore at a Washington DC university. We were coming back to school for the fall and I had just moved into my dorm. I met a neighbor named Trish and her dad who was helping her move in. As a super broke student at a very elite private university, I realized that I was missing a few essentials for my room and decided to check Craigslist for free or cheap items. While scrolling, I noticed someone offering free haircuts. 
Glancing back in the mirror, I immediately thought, damn, I need a haircut. I messaged the post, and they got back to me super quickly, within minutes. The person explained that they needed to style models for their school portfolio and asked me to meet at a hotel later that day. Excitedly, I shared this find with my friend Trish. However, her face fell and she said, No way can you do this. You don't know this person. If they are really looking for models, why can't they come here, etc. I agreed, realizing she was right. At that moment, Trish's dad walked in, and after being briefed on the situation, he said, I know you're not my kid, but if you were, I would never let you go see this guy. Taken aback by their concern, I sullenly agreed not to go to the appointment. When I went to show them the posting, it was gone. Looking back, I can't believe my lack of common sense. Clearly, this post targeted women who don't have much, and maybe those women's disappearances would go unnoticed for a while. I was definitely looking to get myself a free haircut, but Trish and her dad saved me. It gives me chills to think what could have happened if I had gone. So, to the guy who may have harmed me in a Washington hotel, let's not meet. Lived seven hours from my hometown during university. Would get rideshares on Craigslist. Did well over 75 by the time I'd done my four years. Here are my most memorable, worst rideshares. Once, a driver crashed into the car ahead of us at low speed on the freeway. We were okay. They had a baby on board, but ultimately, everyone was okay. Once, an old man picked me up in a beat-up van and spent the whole ride trying to convince me to do DMT. Once, a guy pulled over on the freeway and popped open his trunk. He got out and pulled a rifle, then came to my passenger window and asked me if I wanted to walk into the field by the freeway and fire his rifle. I just said no, he put it back, and we resumed driving. Once, a woman picked me up. Riding in the front seat was this scraggly, bruised, tattooed guy who told me to call him Scum F. Steve. He had bandages from a knife fight he'd been in the other week. Apparently, he just walked out of the hospital. He talked about how he's part of the San Francisco Scum F, and how if he'd met me anywhere else, he would have jumped my sorry white boy ass. Later during the ride, he pulled a nearly foot-long knife out of the glove box and just showed it to me. After that, the driver, a white girl, spent most of the ride trying to convince me to try to convince my girlfriend to smoke weed and have anal sex with me. She said she loved anal and weed made it better. Let's see. DMT man, crazy gun guy, dumbass baby driver, and scum F Steve. Those were the worst. I have recently become a veteran and have been searching for a new job. While waiting for news of an interview with a verified company, I went to Craigslist to find something else in the meantime, just in case the first one falls through. I wouldn't say Anchorage is a sketchy place, but anyone who lives here and has seen downtown will understand what I mean it just seems off. I'm not sure what a similar city would be as I used to live in a small town in Kansas previously, so this is new to me. On Wednesday morning, I received a call from the hiring professional of a company I had applied to through Craigslist. The ad didn't state the company's name, only that it was an office position dealing with international stocks. In the phone interview, the woman was vague and wouldn't reveal the name but said it was dealing with international stocks. 
She asked if I could meet for an interview with the manager on Friday at either 9 or 9.15. I opted for 9 since it was essentially the same either way. She gave me the address and said she couldn't wait to meet me. This morning, I got ready and placed the address in Google Maps and made my way there. It turns out that the location is one of the sketchier sides of downtown. I pulled into the parking lot where there was a large brown building with covered windows and two cars, along with a running white van. As I parked, a gentleman drove by me and rolled down his window, and I did the same. He asked, Do you work here at a BC? A BC here could either be Alaskan Bush Company or something else, I don't know, and I told him I'm here for an interview. He replied, Oh, you've got to go talk to the man in the white van behind you, and he'll take you up there. Immediately, I felt uncomfortable and thought it sounded sketchy. I told him that, and he said, No, no, I'm not trying to put you in a bad place. I've already seen him taking up a lot of people there in nice suits. What's the worst that can happen? You go up there, and the door locks behind you. Feeling uneasy, I thanked him for his time, and he left. I sat in my car and thought about it. I really need a job, but do I need to risk my safety? I try to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, but I'm not even that naive. I looked at the van parked behind me in the corner, and it's still running, but there are no windows on the side of the van, and I can't see the person inside from where I'm parked. I decide to call my husband and ask him what I should do, and as soon as I say, I have to go talk to a guy in a van, he cuts me off and tells me to come home. So it was pretty creepy, and I don't know if I'm blowing it out of proportion, but the situation raised too many red flags, especially with the first gentleman coming over to me as soon as I parked. It seemed too well-timed. I don't even want to think about what would have happened if it was a scam and something terrible would have happened to me. I had just turned 15, and my parents had recently stopped spoiling me which meant no free cash. I decided to do what they wanted and take some initiative by looking for a job. I found an ad on Craigslist for a job, which was taking care of some guy named Mark's house while he worked for the summer. The man looked and seemed normal enough, and the summer job paid really well, and so I decided to go and see how it goes. My mom dropped me off at his house and met with him. They talked and learnt more about each other since my mom wanted to get to know him, and then she left. For the first day, he stayed with me and showed me what I would have to do, which was mostly dusting, sweeping, vacuuming, and taking care of the regular house chores. He left the next day, and everything went pretty well. I finished quickly, watched TV, ate some of the snacks he would put out for me. He would always come home at 7.30, and by then I would need to get the stuff ready for his dinner. After he would come home, pay me and give me some food to go. I did this for about a month, and was really racking up. I planned on doing this again next summer, but there was this one day when he had left. It was one of my last few days, and I wanted to make it last. I finished up quickly, then took a bunch of his snacks, I don't know why I just did, and went snooping through his drawers. I really shouldn't have, but I'm glad I did. I found a few harmless items, like video cameras, images of normal things, sunsets, rivers. And then, things got weirder. There were images of children my age, working, sweeping, cooking, using the bathroom. And then it got worse. Pictures of me in the bathroom of me taking a nap. 
I searched through more of his drawers and found CDS, all labeled with different names, along with flash drives also labeled. Five of them had my name on it. He had been videotaping me. I walked around, all over his house and searched every wall, bathroom, the basement, all the bedrooms. I found eleven cameras, but by then I had stopped looking. I checked the last bathroom, and this is where things got pretty real, if they weren't real enough. The camera was on. It was the type of ones used for security, with a red flashing light used for when it was on. I stared up at it, then stuck up my middle finger and left. I went back to his room and gathered every photograph, every CD, every flash drive and anything I could find to arrest him, and I left the house. I didn't have any way to get home, so I walked to the nearest shop and called my mom, and then the police. The guy was charged and arrested for multiple felonies, but that was all I was told. I'm guessing one of them was possession of child pornography, but I don't want to know what the other ones are. I live in a four-bedroom apartment downtown. After graduating college myself and a couple of bros from Omega Pi Epsilon went halfsies on a cheap place. There's me, David, although everyone calls me Trip because I have a third nipple. Okay, not really, but I do have a mole near my left nipple that the guys call my Trip Nip. There's Chad, who we call Captain Ahab because that dude is obsessed with fat girls, aka whales. Preston, or Little League, got his name because my man sleeps with a baseball bat in the sheets with him. Says it's for home security, but all he's ever done with it is get super drunk and hit beer cans off the roof. Lastly, there's Duke, who is known only as Squirts. Unfortunately for you, the history of that name is classified Omega Pi Epsilon knowledge. We just graduated pretty recently, and none of us really have savings or jobs that make that much money. Little League's dad has been bankrolling him for a while, but he refuses to chip in any extra on the bills we split, so the budget is tighter than a religious girl's butthole. That being said, we've managed to turn our little shithole of an apartment into a niceish bachelor pad. Captain Ahab's brother worked at a bar that closed, so he hooked us up with several choice neon beer signs. I had a pong table that I bought from Spencer's a few years back. It doesn't light up anymore but it still has a pretty cool neon design. We have a few beanbag chairs that we got from the rec room at school when they changed out the furniture. The only thing we didn't have was a couch. That's why I turned to Craigslist. I know, getting a couch off of Craigslist is a little shady, but we're balling on a budget. I found a few couches for sale, but they were all ugly old lady couches. When I switched over to the free page, though I found something perfect. A blue suede couch for free, only about a half hour away. I called the number listed and confirmed that it was still available. The man I talked to was super chill, even offered to bring it over to our place since he was planning on taking it to the dump anyway. About an hour later, this big pickup pulled up. I could see the blue of the couch poking out under the tarp. The guy I spoke to on the phone introduced himself as Bill and helped me unload it into our living room. Nice guy, I gave him a natty light for the road. We've had the couch in the living room for a few weeks now. It's pretty comfy and the blue kind of matches the blue tint of the biggest beer sign, which is pretty sick. I was sure that the next time I brought a chick home, she would totally dig the atmosphere. The only problem is that our living room has this funny smell to it now. After investigating, I realized the offensive odor was coming from the couch. 
At first I thought that maybe it was just the smell of the previous owner's house, but it seemed to be getting stronger. It's been cold outside though, so we've been cranking the heat. I brushed it off as the various smells of four bachelors sitting on it with their sweaty balls. I'm pretty sure Captain Ahab done that big girl who's been hanging around on it too, so that probably didn't help. I've been febreezing it as much as possible, hoping that it would cover up the stank, and it does for a few hours, but then the smell comes back stronger than before. A few nights ago we had a party. Tons of people. Not as many chicks as I had originally hoped, but there were a few hotties and a few sixes who quickly turned into eights after several drinks. I picked one who seemed mildly interested and partnered up with her for Pong. Bad call. She couldn't chug, kept gagging, so the other team kept scoring on us, and I got wasted after a few rounds, although the Jaeger bombs in the kitchen afterwards probably didn't help much either. I don't know if I scored with Amanda, Ashley, it started with an A or an E. Aaron, whatever, I'm inclined to believe that I did not, however, because I woke up fake. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's down on the beanbag chair. When I opened my eyes, hungover as shit, I rolled over to see Captain Ahab sprawled on the couch, leg over the back. It looked like even if I didn't get lucky Captain did, there was a huge dip in the couch, probably from all that glorious whale blubber banging against the cushions. I decided to grab a shower. I stumbled to the bathroom and peeled off my Omega Pi Epsilon Gets It On, Flip Cup Champions 2015 t-shirt, shorts and boxers before jumping in and turning on the water. I was the first one up so the water was still hot. It was nice, really nice, so nice that I spent longer than necessary in there thinking about Aaron. Emma? Hey, whatever that I may be. Hooked up with. When I got out I grabbed a towel and dried off my hair before toweling my arms and legs and wrapping it around my waist. I brushed my teeth and gargled, spitting or the water I checked the mirror to see if I looked hungover. I did. I grabbed a leftover drink from last night. I think it was mine, it was in my pimp chalice, and took a big chug. Don't judge, a little hair of the dog never hurts. Then I headed out to the living room where Captain was sitting up groggily. Hey big fella, I said softly, looks like someone caught a whale last night. Shut the F up, Trip, he moaned holding his head. You a dude, what the F is that, 
I asked, pointing at his arm. It was covered in splotchy red marks. What? He muttered, holding his arm or to look. I noticed it on his face as well. F man, I don't know. He grumbled before standing up. Shower free? Yep, go wash that stank off of you. I laughed before downing the rest of my drink. I figured that there must have been some detergent or something on the couch that caused the rashes, so I went over to it to see what I could do. It looked like someone had spilled a drink or two on the cushions. Either that or Captain Ahab pissed himself. Lifting up the cushions to see if the covers came off for washing, I realized they were heavy as hell, soaking wet. I wondered what happened the night before. Maybe we got a little crazier than I realized. As I tossed the cushions on the ground, the smell was overwhelming, worse than it had ever been. I looked underneath the cushions at the back of the couch and was overwhelmed with nausea. Crawling underneath the cushions near the crack of the couch were a couple dozen maggots, wriggling and squirming across the fabric. Overcome with disgust and stomach filled with beer, Red Bull and Jaeger, I went to the bathroom and vomited. Profusely. Nastiest shit I think I've ever seen. I shouted at Captain through the shower curtain, downed a bottle of Gatorade, gotta keep up those electrolytes, son, and threw a t-shirt on over my nose. I put the cushions back on the couch and propped open the front door. Captain threw on clothes and met me in the living room. Together we lugged the stinkiness out of our apartment and to the dumpster. About halfway there we heard a thud and the couch got a lot lighter. Looking down at the ground we saw what was smelling. Laying on the parking lot pavement, sprawled almost at my feet was a goddamn human body. We threw the couch down and booked it back inside. I've called the police and they haven't managed to identify the body nor what it died from, but they didn't say that it looked like a murder, more likely natural causes. The post on Craigslist has been removed, and I passed along a description of the guy who brought over the couch and his phone number to the cops, although they say that it appears to be disconnected. After the police left, Captain threw up and, and said he needed to lay down. I'm kind of worried about the guy because he's barely left his room the last few days and the rashes seem to have gotten worse, blistering even. He doesn't have health care either since his dad lost his job last month and Little League refuses to help pay for him to go to the hospital. Anybody know what he could have? This experience occurred when I was around 16 or 17 years old. I am now 25. I was still living with my mom in the house where I grew up. We had no pets at the time and no one else was in the house. It's hard to explain, but my three-quarter bed was pushed up against the corner, with the head of the bed furthest away from my bedroom door. My childhood bedroom was pretty small, and it was arranged in such a way that I couldn't see the door in the middle of the night. There had been a few instances in that house when I had seen shadow figures standing in the doorways, which made me uneasy. Anyway, it was in the dead of the night, and I was lying facing the wall with my back to the rest of the room, including the door. I started to hear footsteps and figured it was just my mom going to use the bathroom. However, the footsteps stopped outside my bedroom door, and I began to hear my bedroom door tapping on the carpet, as it did when it was being opened. I'd like to point out that my bedroom door didn't open or close on its own. The carpet was quite thick and prevented it from moving or even being blown by the wind. It had to be physically pushed with quite some force to get it to move. Again, I thought it was just my mom coming in to check on me, as I sometimes stayed up late, unable to sleep. She didn't say a word. 
I don't know how long I laid there just listening, but it honestly felt like an eternity. As I was finally drifting off back to sleep, I was jolted awake by the sound of footsteps starting again. This time, they were in my room. I noticed that they sounded small, like a child wearing slippers, shuffling slowly along the carpet, being careful not to knock into something or fall over anything. The footsteps got closer and closer to my bed until they eventually abruptly stopped right at the side of me. At this point, my blood was running ice cold, and I was desperately hoping that I was just dreaming, and that any second I would wake up. No luck. All I could picture in my head was some awful, twisted, black-eyed child tearing at me while I slept. I wanted to scream, but I didn't make a sound. I couldn't make a sound. If that wasn't scary enough, I started to feel the edge of the bed compress, and I even rolled back over slightly from the weight that was bearing down on the bed. I couldn't move or do anything. I was too scared. Instead, I just screwed my eyes shut and hoped it would go away like a big baby. Time seemed to slow, and all of a sudden, I felt as though the climax of the event had been reached. I wasn't wrong. It was then that I felt a small hand tap my back three times, and a child's voice came to my ear and said, Mommy, I have never leapt out of bed so fast in my entire life. I made it over to the light switch on the wall by the door within seconds, and when I flipped on the light, there was nothing, no compression in the bed, no apparition, no air, nothing. I had seen things before and had experienced a few things every now and then, but I had never been touched by something I couldn't see or explain until then. It's safe to say that this is an experience that will stay with me for a lifetime. Aren't you sick of weirdos on Craigslist? How often do you buy things from Craigslist? I pick up something off there maybe four or five times a year. I don't think I'm going to anymore, though. Don't get me wrong, it's a great idea if it's used right. There are a lot of idiots on the internet, and boy do they love Craigslist. You know who I'm talking about. The jackasses who want to price something for $55 they've had for two years that you can get shipped to you free from Amazon for $40. It's for getting rid of stuff. Not supplementing your 401k. When you do find something you want or need that isn't priced outrageously, it takes a genuine act of God to get a response from a listing. Why people don't put their phone numbers in the listing is beyond me. And to hell with those people who put, no text, only call. Text messages will not be answered. If I was going to go through the trouble of making an online listing, I would want anyone and everyone who saw that post to contact me in whatever manner they wish. All of this, and at the end of it, you're still running the risk of running into some sociopath, or a killer, or someone wanting to show their dick to you. It's a miracle at all that sometimes this actually works. I apologize for the ranting. I'm a little worked up. I'm just still angry from a failed Craigslist encounter last night. Let me back up from the beginning. I've needed a new drill ever since I blew out the motor on my old one working on a picnic table for my backyard. Apparently your my model wasn't suited for Forstner bids, so my next step was to identify one that could, and for cheap. This is what led me to Craigslist. I went under the tools section, found a Milwaukee that seemed to be priced right, and texted the number listed. The photos were clear, the post was well written, and the listing was only about 30 miles north of my office. It seemed to be a slam dunk. It was late at night so I figured I wouldn't hear back until the next day, if at all. 
For all I knew, this had been sold already. I woke up the next morning and engaged in my usual routine of sitting in bed for an hour on my phone before summoning the courage to go to work. I was surprised to see that I had a message waiting for me, and it was from a number I didn't have saved. The person who had the drill listed had messaged me back. XXX4538854 Yes, please buy this from me. It has to go fast. Always the negotiator. I figured that since they were naive enough to tip their hand, I could save a few dollars. They had the drill listed for $60. XXX7780923 would $45 take it. The answer back was near immediate. XXX4538854. Yes, that will work. Please just come take it. XXX7780923. Okay, I'm planning on coming up after work. Would 6 p.m. be okay? Where can I meet you? XXX4538854. Try and get here sooner. My address is N16674W4349 Highway 34 Town of Reincur. Holy shit, I thought. That was more than 30 minutes north of work. That was practically an hour. For the deal though, a Milwaukee drill with two 18 volt batteries, I'd be an idiot to pass it up. I could flex the time at work or dip out undetected or something. Still, meeting at someone's house was always just risky. XXX7780923. Sure, I can be there earlier, maybe around 5. I'll text you. Name's Dylan. I'll be driving a blue sedan. Thanks. XXX4538854. K make sure you aren't seen. I shot up in bed after reading that message. Seen. What was that supposed to mean? Was that an autocorrect or something? Showering, driving to work, and up to lunch was a blur colored with anxiety. Scene. I put the address into Google Maps at my desk again during lunch and put on a satellite view. Not only was this place in the middle of nowhere, but it was isolated at that. The lot was large, the house off the road. Was I really going to get myself into mortal danger over a drill? I googled the number of missing persons in the country each year. That didn't help. I eventually stiffened up though. I've found in my adult life that putting the same, there's no such things as monsters to virtually everything else has great effects on my stress level. Firmly believing a police officer across from you at an intersection won't pull you over after you blow a yellow seems to really hamper their ability to hunt me down. There's no such thing as Craigslist killers. This guy just wants to sell me his drill. That's the end of it. The rest of work ticked by well enough. When the time came, I peeled out of work and headed for the guy's house. Waiting at a light, I decided to let them know that I'd gotten on my way. As I opened the text thread, I noticed something bizarre. The timestamp from the original message back was from 2.48 a.m. That's an odd time to text someone back, I thought. My fears crept back up into my head. I quickly pushed them back down and sent a message. XXX7780923 Hey, just a heads up. I'm on my way. I should be there around 5.10. Thanks again. Someone behind me honked, and I pushed through the intersection. I got all the way out of town without a reply. Exiting the freeway onto the country roads, I glanced at my lock screen. It revealed nothing. Whatever I thought, if this guy is bogus, then I'll just be out a nice drive. Thankfully, it wasn't snowing. I followed my phone's instructions and made my way across the county. The last turnoff had me on the road that my destination was on, 
and I was 20 miles away. The speed limit said 45, but I figured that 55 was more about the right pace. As I crested over a rise, I noticed a plume of smoke in the horizon. Nothing crazy, I thought to myself. Plenty of people get a big burn going out in the country. They're trash, grass clippings, scrap wood. Whatever. Nothing alarming. It was a lot smoke though, I thought, as I got closer. They better be careful if there's a burn ban out, they'll get ticketed. As I got closer, I realized that the plume of smoke was a dark black. This wasn't your usual burning of old newspapers and junk mail. I also noticed that it was awful close to my destination. For all I knew though, this guy was just doing some intensive spring cleaning, burning stuff, selling stuff. I turned off onto the driveway. As I said, it was a little off the road, so I had to romp a little bit down an old gravel path. It looked like it hadn't been driven down in weeks. The fire was for sure from this guy's place though. No doubt about it. It kinda made me feel good, because who would murder someone with a giant smoke signal in their yard? I took a look at my dashboard clock. It was 5.05. My speeding had gotten me there a little early, but hopefully it wasn't an issue. I almost wrecked my car as I came up upon the house. Or rather, where it stood. Everything had burned to the ground. A house and two smallish outbuildings. Incinerated heaps of ash just smoking in the wind. There was nothing left. It looked as if the fire had been raging for hours and was calming down. Strangely enough, no vehicle either, or any traces of one. I could see the gleaming white of the bathtubs rising up from the ash, outlines of furniture, and the refrigerator. Everything else was just toast. I couldn't believe my eyes. I got out of my car and walked around, cautious to get too close. I called the number from the listing too, but it just kept going to voicemail instantly. Something was wrong for sure. I wasn't going to traipse around in the ashes of this guy's house, but from my cursory search, I couldn't see a body anywhere. Shamefully enough to say, I did try and find the drill too. No such luck. I thought the right thing to do would be to call the police. The county sheriff's office told me to stay put at the scene, so what started as a smoking hot deal on a new-to-me drill had turned into a smoldering arson investigation. I was with the cops and the first responders for a number of hours. I wasn't trying to stick my nose where it didn't belong, but I did keep hearing the firefighters mention how bizarre that the fire was so isolated. Almost three separate fires for three separate buildings, barely a blade of grass burned in between. That was to say nothing of the fields around the house either. The police were a bit more tight-lipped, but they were clearly stumped as to why none of the neighbors had called to make a report. The column of smoke was still pretty evident, so it's not as if it wasn't easy to notice. I don't know much about cops, but these guys looked harried at the least, spooked at the most. The police took my statement a few different times. They asked to see my phone, which they used to record the number I had been texting. They asked me to show them the original listing too, so I got to use a police laptop, which was a first. Thank God it was still listed. There wasn't too much corroborating my story aside from the Craigslist angle. What I needed was a new drill, not an arrest for arson. After a while, they let me go. It was dark then, so I just made my way home tracing my steps back. I couldn't believe what had just happened. I'd never seen anything like that before. As I was getting closer back into the city, a chill ran up my spine and made the hair on the back of my head stand up. 
I'd convinced myself earlier in the day that extraordinary events didn't happen, at least to me. I was wrong. What are the odds that replying to a posting for a used drill online leads to witnessing a house burn to the ground? The weirdest part of all was that I pulled into my driveway at 9.32 p.m. I had one unread text message. I had forgotten all about my phone. The message was from 5.06 p.m. XXX4538854. Help.